This episode is brought to you by the Arvada Center because they're kicking off their summer concert series in June. Relax under the stars at the Arvada Center's outdoor amphitheater and take in acts like Melissa Etheridge, Big Richard, Tower of Power, Preservation Hall Jazz Band, The Spin Doctors, and so much more. Concerts are scheduled for June through September. You can find a whole schedule of events and get your tickets today at arvadacenter.org. That's arvadacenter.org. Today on CityCast Denver, our heating bills have skyrocketed, but Excel Energy is posting massive profits. RTD is deciding who can and can't ride the light rail, and Casa Bonita wants you to be its next cliff diver. I'm breaking down all the local stories that matter with my producer, Paul Caroli. Plus, we answer one of your questions about population trends. Today is Tuesday, January 31st, 2023. I'm Bree Davies, and here's what Denver's talking about. Hey, Paul. Good morning, Bree. We're going to be looking at some stories that were catching our eye in the last couple of days. Um, this one I honestly have been thinking about quite a bit. Who hasn't? As a person who pays an energy bill. Um, what is going on with Excel and why are our energy bills through the roof? It's insane. It's so crazy. They're like yes. double, more than double in some cases. Um, and that's the big reason is that the price of natural gas has been spiking for like a variety of reasons. The war in Ukraine is right. one, but that's the huge thing is that um, the price of natural gas peaked in August. Uh, it's currently still much higher than its 10-year average, but it has been trending down, um, which is good news for the energy bills. Um, it's also been an unusually cold winter here in Denver. Um, I am currently in my icebox, also known as my office, which is in addition to my home that I think someone made without insulation in it. <laughs> And I am wrapped nice in an Our Lady of Guadalupe blanket. I've got a heater and I've got a hat on. I feel that. Yes. But here's one thing that I didn't, I had totally missed. Maybe you heard about this. But one other reason why our bills are so high right now is that back in November, Excel Energy got uh, state approval to pass along some fees to the customers to help fund the expansion of their natural gas infrastructure in West Denver. This was a $32 million project. It's going to include new pipelines in Denver, Edgewater, and Lakewood over the next few years. And we're paying for that. And like, I get it, right? Expansion, it's happening. It's, hi, where do we live? It, well, we can talk hey, we're about, talk about later, that in a few minutes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but what I want, I want you to put this up against that 32 million that has been passed on to us as consumers. Can you put that up against what Excel reported in profits in 2022? Yes. Well, that's the other piece of this that's gotten people particularly upset this week is last Thursday, they had a call with their shareholders. Good day, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to today's Excel Energy year-end 2022 earnings conference call. And they reported $1.74 billion in profits in 2022. It just feels like we're being told one thing by Excel and then we're literally watching them do something else. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's hard to figure out why this is happening. I guess there is some silver linings here. Uh, one is people on both sides of the political spectrum are uniting in hating what Excel is doing. I was going to say the only time I've ever uh, agreed with John Caldera will probably be right now. 
Yeah. So John Caldera, he's, he's the president of the libertarian leading independent Institute. He's been campaigning against Excel for years. Um, he was particularly fired up about this, uh, this deal they made with the state to expand the infrastructure in West Denver back in November. And he tried and failed last year to get an initiative on last year's ballot that would have changed the way those like rates are passed on to the customers. So he's really keen on this. Um, and I don't know, I mean, people are going to have a lot of different opinions about John Caldera. He's a divisive figure. Uh-huh. I think this is interesting what he's working on here. We have to talk about the environment. What is, what is that? How does that factor into this? This, I mean, when you say expansion, I would say mm, probably not what climate activists are wanting. But what what does that really what does this really mean to environmentalists? Honestly, exactly that. They they oppose this expansion plan. They say that this is the opposite direction we need to go in order to achieve our state's climate goals. That's I mean, I'm thinking about okay, Paul, have you had people come to your door selling you solar panels a lot? I think maybe one. Yeah, I don't really know. I don't remember. We've had like seven different companies come really? to our house. Yes. Come on over this way, solar panel companies. But at any rate, I'm just curious how that plays into this. Is that the next is that the next option? Because we don't have there isn't like another energy company we can just tap. There's no competition, right? Yeah, well, that's exactly what John Caldera's point is. He says Excel is a monopoly. Um, And he said, I mean, this is a funny quote from him. He says, Excel is not in the energy business. They are in the building stuff business and charging their captive ratepayer customers four times over for it. I kind of agree with him there. But if you don't want to go fully off the grid over this, I mean, we were talking about backyard chickens last week. If you don't want to go full solar panels on your roof, um, Excel does have some tips for energy efficiency that might help keep your bill down. <laughs> it feels rude coming from them, but go ahead. They say you can switch to LED lights. Uh, this is just a reminder. Turn off your lights when you leave a room clean the lint trap in your dryer okay is xlr mom because <laughs> it feels like when your mom is like don't forget you keep doing the thing i've asked you not to do fifty thousand times turn off the lights thanks excel yeah yeah um maybe more helpfully there are there are some programs out there for people who might be struggling to pay their bills right now um and you can get connected to uh, those there are people who will help you find the right thing for you uh, that work for an organization called Energy Outreach Colorado. So we'll put a link to that in our show notes. Also, actually, what I want to put a link to is yeah. give a little shout out to our newsletter, Hey Denver, because last week, Adrian Gonzalez, our newsletter editor, wrote a whole section on Energy Outreach Colorado and other ways that you can support um, your neighbors who might need help paying their energy bills. So there's a different, couple different ways you can do it. There's ways your your company might be able to get involved. There's ways to fundraise for that. So... Um, Yeah, we'll drop that in the show notes. And you can also check out our newsletter if you don't happen to be a reader of Hey Denver yet. Okay, so Brie, RTD changed uh, policy recently. Can you catch me up on this? Yes, and I would say they're considering it. They have presented some new policies. Good to know. Tell me about it. Yeah, so um, RTD's presented some new policies around um, activity on the light rail, basically. Um, It's their latest code of conduct, I guess, and it's currently under review. Um, So basically, the biggest thing that stuck out about this is that they want to make it um, illegal to ride light rail indefinitely, which means indefinitely sounds like a long time, but like folks who might be riding the light rail all day long. Um, There were other parts of this uh, proposed policy changes that includes like 
um, addressing uh, violent behavior, also sexual harassment. I don't know if this is the first time they're addressing this in their policy. That seems a little wild to me. But um, our friend Nate Miner from CPR and Denverite wrote this uh, great piece explaining that it's just it's complicated, right? We have an unhoused population that is growing and growing. And and when we're seeing temperatures like we're seeing, something like riding the light rail all day seems like I, I would understand. Absolutely. You know, but and this is and this is not it, RTD would say, I think, from what I understand, they would say they're not targeting those folks. This is for everyone. But the homeless advocates interviewed say it's kind of it's kind of targeting people. Um, because who else is going to ride the light rail all day? There was a comment from one. Something I found interesting was the the head of like the RTD drivers, like the union that represents mm-hmm. them, said they weren't consulted on these new policy changes. And drivers mm-hmm. are saying their biggest concern is actually just safety. There's not enough security on the trains in general. And um, there was an example given in the story of a bus driver who a man was outside of her bus banging on her window with like a pipe. And she called for help. And basically, RTD was like, we don't have any security. So sorry. Hmm. Um, So I think, I don't know, there's a lot of things going on here. So maybe you can explain like what RTD, so they're not explicitly trying to ban unhoused people from the light rail, but maybe I'm just trying to get inside their heads. Maybe what they're trying to do is send a message to like other types of people, like a, a, a someone who's maybe not comfortable on the light rail. Yes. Hey, this is a place that is, that is like for you, please come back, ride public transit. Yeah, yes. That's exactly what RTD says. These policy changes are aimed at doing. Hmm. They're trying to attract folks because they're still running at about 60% of pre pandemic levels in terms of ridership. And they did a survey last year and about a third of the respondents said they don't feel safe on the light rail. And so RTD is saying to help with safety concerns, they are putting these policy changes out there. And one of them is to keep people from riding indefinitely. Hmm. It feels a little bit at odds with what the drivers are saying, which is we would like more security on the trains. Yeah. Um, Interesting challenge though. I, I guess I can see why they would want to address this problem. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see how this goes. It sounded like it was just a draft right now. Yes. So I don't know the exact process, but there was like one of the RTD board members is against it. So obviously it's still in the process. I think we'll keep folks updated as they decide. Also, something interesting, I thought the policy changes, they've changed the word passenger to customer. Hmm. So RTD now refers to folks as their customers versus passengers. And they have said outright that is to focus on folks who are paying to ride the light rail. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, Denver Public Library does that too. They use the same word, customer. Oh, they do? Yeah, isn't that interesting? I don't love that. Okay, interesting. This episode is brought to you by Pine Melon, the farmer's market delivered. Pine Melon is a next-generation grocery delivery app that partners with over 200 farmers, ranchers, and producers in Colorado to help make fresh, locally-sourced foods available to the Denver community at fair prices. Get high-quality meats, eggs, and dairy from small local farms, fresh-baked breads from local bakeries, and more, as well as all of your favorite pantry staples. Best part is, Pine Melon offers same-day delivery to Denver and soon Boulder within a two-hour window, no subscription necessary. Save time in your busy schedule and get fresh and healthy groceries delivered right to your door. 
Join the movement and support local today. Use promo code CityCastDenver for $75 off your first delivery at PineMelon.com. That's PineMelon.com. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Let's move on to some good news. Yes. Because the beacon at the Pink Palace is glowing. (laughs) They finally, you know how we're waiting for, waiting with bated breath for messages from Casa Bonita. (laughs) And we got a big one last week. Oh my gosh. Yes. It's, I mean, the news is, uh, I guess, I don't know. They're hiring. They're getting ready for this opening in May that they've already announced. They don't have a specific date. Not that I saw, but they're hiring 550 people. So really staffing up. Yeah. Yeah. Some, I don't remember somewhere uh, in the ethernet of the internet. I saw somebody say like 500 people seems like a lot to hire. And I'm thinking, Paul, I think this place is going to do gangbusters for like years. I think that I I think we're going to see old school height of Casa Medina popularity when I was a kid in the 80s lines down the strip mall waiting to get in. I'm sure they're I'm assuming they're going to have some sort of like online reservation system and and things like that to handle it. But I bet they utilize all 550 people. I think they're going to be busy. I'm sure I'm sure they will. But, But can you can you talk about can you mention who was in the video for this announcement? Welcome to Casa Bonita, Governor. Dana, I am so excited to see everything going on here. And I know that you're going to open just around the corner this May, right? Yes. Uh, yeah. Head Chef Dana Rodriguez was in the announcement. Also, Governor Jared Polis. He is still involved in the Casa Bonita 2.0 effort. I don't know. This is... Okay. I know. So I had, an, I had a reaction to this video that I think... I don't know. I haven't felt this before, but I think it's time to start reestablishing some critical distance from Casa Bonita because I'm excited about it. I know everybody's excited about it, but these South Park guys, they haven't shown us the goods yet. You know, they say they want to improve everything and change nothing, but is that actually possible? Can you improve everything without changing anything? I'm scared. I'll be honest with you. We just don't know. We don't know what it's going to be like. And I'm I'm not ready to just dive in head first and So you're saying you're not going to apply to be a cliff diver. No. I mean it's <laughs> part of me is interested. I think that would be a really fun life experience. I did recommend to a friend um who's looking for a gig, hey maybe maybe Casabonita would be the right place for you. Kind of, yeah. Could be fun. What are the kinds of jobs that are available? Uh we're going to do front of the house, back of the house, security, arcade, entertaining and divers you can apply now well i won't be available for four years but please keep a position open for me because i will be looking for work so yeah so they're hiring uh they funny enough i think they were hiring for entertainment positions both wet and dry hilarious so even if you don't want to be a cliff diver there's plenty of other opportunities i know through the grapevine they just hired somebody to handle all of the entertainment and that person is awesome so i think look forward to some even better. And enter- I mean, you know, the level of entertainment in there was Casa Bonita quality. We enjoyed it. We loved it. I'm curious. I think teens Casa Bonita- in stanky ass gorilla suits. It's, 
It was but I respect nice, that. Yeah. I love teen jobs. Like teens do the best job. But I think we could see something totally different. I think we could see the space utilized in ways that we always wanted to see it. You know, thinking about the old theater in the basement where they would have magic shows. Most of the time, there was nothing going on on that stage. So I, I think it's going to be awesome. But I agree. Critical distance is important, especially as things roll out. We need to be able to be Absolutely. as objective as possible. So Yeah. I mean, I've got... Professor of Fun David Thomas still in my head. What it makes it fun, you know? Or do they know? Do they understand? And I got to see it for myself before I say. So my main question is, how do people apply? You can go to casabonitajobs.com and you will find all of the information there about all the positions and everything that we're going to do here. Funny enough, if we forget, mm-hmm. Casa Bonita is also a restaurant. So in other... Mm-hmm. <laughs> In other restaurant news, um, James Beard Award nominees came out last week. And Paul, Colorado, not just Denver, Colorado, some really cool places landed on that list. Yeah, also a lot of them. Yeah. Now, these are just semifinalists. The finalists are going to be announced, I think, in a couple of months. But we had 13 semifinalists. It's awesome. The aforementioned Dana Rodriguez is on the list for her restaurant in Rhino, Super Mega Bien, which is great. I can verify that but most of these places i had never heard of um same like uh (laughs) misfit snack bar with an emerging chef nominee bo poritko seems like a great place i checked out the website looks like a great restaurant yes but some of the other stuff on here is like so interesting like there is a new restaurant nominated for best new restaurant called the friars fork in of all places alamosa colorado i love that I love that for my Alamosa friends. How cool. Colorado is literally really getting on the food map. It's pretty cool. crazy. I mean, there's there's a place in Grand Junction that got nominated, a place in Palisade, um, Sunday Vinyl, one of Bobby Stuckey's places here in Denver that uh, our newsletter editor in absentia, Peyton Garcia, visited a couple of years ago and loved. They got a nomination this year. Really exciting to see Denver's food scene get some get some love. So, Paul, before we go, we got an interesting question from a listener. Yes, and it was a fantastic question. Exactly the question I love to receive. Tom G. writes, quote, Recently, Paul said something like, Obviously, the population of Denver is growing. Is it? Maybe it's my age, but I know more people leaving than coming. Is there massive population growth in Denver and Denver Metro? And then the best part, where are they moving? He adds as a coda, which was also the most difficult thing to figure out. Um, but I've got some good data. I asked the state demographer's office. Do you want to hear what the, the real facts are, Bree? Yes, because I'm honestly with Tom G. I'm not sure I have a feel for that population growth anymore. And also, yeah, where are people going? Well, I mean, as Tom G. pointed out, I had been under this impression, I think for the last 10 years, I had just been, you know, fully bought into the narrative that Denver was expanding rapidly. This is not really the case anymore. Things have slowed down. According to the state demographer's office, Denver County, so just the city of Denver, not the suburbs, not Jefferson County, not Dugco, Denver County did actually peak in 2020 and started declining in 2021. Huh. This is, this is after rising steadily through the 90s, leveling off around 550,000 in the early 2000s. But then this wave of the 2010s came and we peaked at 717,488 in 2020. Interesting. It's since gone down by about 6,000 people. 
So the population is not not just not growing, but it is declining. It's going the other direction. Do we, what do we know? Well, I mean, what do we know? Not much. <laughs> we know it's not, I guess, birth birth rates are falling. I thought COVID might be a factor, but um, turns out Denver County has only recorded 1,500 COVID deaths. So that doesn't account for that whole decline. Yeah. Um, it, it's other stuff going on. Of course, the Denver metro area as a whole, the other part of Tom's question, it is still growing. Um, it has slowed a little bit. It slowed in 2021, but it's been rising fairly steadily through 1990. Yeah. In 2021, it stood at 2 million and just over 900,000. So almost 3 million people, which is half the population of Colorado-ish. Yeah. That makes sense to me. When we think about Denver metro too, we you know, you got to remember Inglewood, Lakewood, Westminster, you know what I mean? All of these places. Um, but that's still, that's so interesting. I think that challenges our narratives a little bit, huh? Fully. Totally <laughs> changes the context for me. I've got to reevaluate some things in my life. <laughs> so I think the, the big question that Tom G asked that I'm very interested in is, do we know where people are moving to? Ah, uh, where is my <laughs> I'm like, do we list? Know? We do know. Well, we know sort of. There's a, I found a list of the top 50 KDVR reported on this, uh, some numbers from the U S census bureau. It only covers 2015 to 2019. Mm -hmm. So we don't know the last few years of like pandemic migration, but I thought it might be interesting. Brie, if you want to play a little guessing game, we could do the top 10. Do you have any guesses of where people are leaving for top 10 cities? Yeah. Metro areas is how they do it. I wonder, Hmm. I wonder if it's like similar mid-sized, you know, cities like us, you know, like uh, Portland or an Austin or an Oakland. Although those places probably are comparable or maybe even Oakland, definitely more cost more living, like cost of living wise. So maybe that's not the way to go. I don't. I genuinely do not know. I'm thinking about the folks that I know who have moved. And I mean, my best friend moved to Missouri because she has four kids and she needed a bigger house and it was easier to do sort of the farm lifestyle with her kids in another state and so I would see a Missouri or a Kansas being attractive in the in the price point range but I honestly have no idea well I'll give you the top 10 okay it's 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 kind of a mix of two different types of cities it's um 10 Las Vegas nine Dallas Fort Worth Eight, Houston, seven, Los Angeles, six, Seattle, five, Phoenix, and then four through one are just other cities in Colorado. It's Greeley, Fort Collins, Boulder, and Colorado Springs. Huh. I also have friends that have done that. The move to Longmont, mm -hmm. the move Same. to Colorado Springs. Interesting. I think that's those are the cost of living moves, if I had to guess. And maybe someone who doesn't want to leave family or friends or something, but needs to do something more affordable in Colorado. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, there's some, there's some Texas towns in there. There's some California. So maybe <laughs> we're returning all those people that annoying people from Colorado complain about all the time. <laughs> Although maybe that's another narrative that we need to challenge. I think we should have challenged it a long time ago, but I agree with you, Paul. This is like the statistical data that says we need to shut up about it. <laughs> I love it. I, that's why this kind of thing is so interesting. You really do learn like some real, some real foundational facts yeah. about how people feel. Yeah. One last thing. 
we talked on Friday about vanity plates. Uh, we had the Denver Post Elizabeth Hernandez on, who wrote this great story about all the rejected vanity plates. Um, and you and I went through some of those that made us laugh. I'm thinking about Shagwell, which was rejected, even though we think it's just an Austin Powers quote. But uh, we heard from some listeners about vanity plates. Hey, City Cast, this is Kara from Clayton. I was listening to your license plate chat and was like actually absolutely stunned that a license plate that I saw made it through the screening process and the license plate read no fat one. Hi, my name is Katie and I live in Broomfield and I drive around in a Toyota Sienna minivan uh, which I deemed Falcor. So I have vanity plates for Falcor, which is a reference to the never-ending story, the Lux Dragon. I also have a sticker of a Lux Dragon in my back window, and it makes me very happy, and I get lots of compliments on it. Hey, Bree, this is Brad. Love your show. Happen to live outside of Denver in Centennial, but still listen every day. On your license plate uh, question, uh, I have one when I was growing up. My father had a, a group of restaurants here in town and had a delivery truck. His license plate was Eat Out, E-A-T-O-U-T. And uh, it got stolen a number of times until he had to actually rivet it to the van. But uh, I don't know if they'd allow that today. Thanks much. Enjoy your show. Thanks. That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. If you enjoyed the show, why not take a minute to tell Excel Energy Colorado President Robert Kenny about us. Rate the show wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to our morning newsletter, Hey Denver, by texting Denver to 66866. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Bye-bye. That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. If you enjoyed the show, why not take a minute to tell Excel Energy Colorado President Robert Kennedy. I knew that was going to happen. Hold on. <sighs> it's a long title.